Warning, these will be the thoughts of us and our featured guests. Please do not judge us. Nowadays, life is intertwined with technology. Let's figure it out. Welcome to Life, Tech, and Sundry. Hello. Hello, dear listeners. This is Marcos Lopez. And today we have a special episode for Life, Tech, and Sundry. Physically, we are in the Minis 2. To my left, I have Alan. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back. To my digital right, I have Mr. J. I am here, Mr. J. And last but not least, of course, is our guest, Jason. Hey, everyone. Hope everyone's doing pretty well today. Yes. And today we have every episode I personally find special. So I try to, you know, share things and thoughts about and things that I found interesting throughout the week. On this segment, uh, for this episode, I'm going to call it Marcos Storytime and Friends. Ready? Number one. I feel like all of us have this feeling, you know, has all of us here in, in this episode has had a nose blockage, right? Alan, yes. Jason, have you had a, ever had yeah. a nose blockage? Yes, well, sir. Well, this episode, we're going to talk about how chronic blocked nose, new research links it to changes in brain activity. So, you know, blocked nose chronically can lead to different ways of your brain working. I can imagine it being high levels of stress in our body makes our bodies to react differently and you know our brain literally processes that discomfort and that probably pain in different ways so let's find out chronic right. uh chronic rhinosinusitis i don't even know if i said it right which causes a persistent blocked nose and headaches among other symptoms affects 11 percent of people in the united states and new research has found a link between condition and changes in brain activity so apparently there is a and people 11 percent of the u.s population have chronic uh blocked nose i don't the scientific name i can't repeat that i can't even say that three times so i'm surprised i kind of said it the first time there we go let's continue the team behind the study is hoping that the link will help explain some of the other common effects of persistent inflammation, finding it hard to focus, struggling with bouts of depression, having trouble sleeping, and dizziness. Finding a connection between the underlying disease and the neural processing happening elsewhere could be vital in understanding the chronic condition along with efforts to find better and more effective ways to treat it. So here we go. The studies are going in to, to try to find a solution. People have with chronic nose blockage actually suffer of not being able to sleep. I can relate. I've been having those issues, but not chronic. Uh, recently, I'm not going to lie. I actually tried Claritin. And I don't know if it's effective because I've never had that before. I had a runny nose, dizziness. Well, because of other things, I felt dizziness, but not... I don't think it's because of my block nose, but have you ever felt dizziness, Alan? Because of a of a different different uh, nose difficulty uh, breathing. Breathing, dizziness, no, just uh, annoyed or discomfort while yeah. sleeping. Discomfort, yeah, annoyed at the fact that I can't breathe yeah. uh, properly through my nose. But um, I mean, I guess like everyone copes with it a little differently. Uh, at least for me, like if if I um, I guess position my body in a, like maybe sleeping on my side instead of like on my back or yeah. vice versa uh it sometimes helps a little bit 
um, where I can breathe again a little easier. So that's something I do personally. But um, yeah, for me, basically, it, it just feels really annoying. And um, not that I get frustrated to the point where I don't sleep. Like, I'll find a way. Insomnia, <laughs> all those things, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at least for me, insomnia isn't one of the things that, that I will, you know, resort to. But um, or end up, you know, having. But uh, I usually figure out a way to actually fall asleep, even if I'm not breathing like correctly. Again, that's personally just me. Like I'll figure out how to breathe better, or something like that. But um, it's just annoying. And yeah, basically. What about you, Mr. J? Have ever had chron- uh, nose blockage? Yeah. Have you had the si- have you can thought about the side effects of them? Like like what do you mean? Like have I ever felt dizziness? Dizziness, uh, irritation. Uh, insomnia, struggling with bouts of depression. No, no, I've never felt dizziness. Oh, because I only have like most blockage whenever it's cold. What about so whenever it gets weather really cold? from not cold, but opposite from cold to warm? No, then because once it gets warm, once my body gets warm, then the blockage stops. Hey, you said, you said oh. the critical thing. What? That your body gets warm. So it, it's yes. obviously it's related to your own personal body temperature. Oh, yeah, because if it's cold, like if it's like if I go out to cold yeah. and stay there for a while, then I'm gonna have it. But if I come back and nice and toasty, um, then then it, you know it's gonna clear up. Um, but I've never had like insomnia, dizziness, uh, depression, uh, for it. So yeah, my heart goes out for them though. Or do suffer from the those things. I mean, it's not a it's not a life threatening situation, but it is a life changing situation, and I don't. I feel sorry for those for those people. Okay, quote. This is the first study that links. Oh wait, hold up. My bad, Jason. What about you? Have you yeah. uh, suffered of uh, discomfort, depression, trouble concentrating with uh with uh, nose clogging, trouble sleeping? Yes. Well, my nose hasn't gotten clogged to the point where I could not breathe. I mean, I have asthma, so usually that's my airways doing that for me already. So, um, but nah, um, to be honest with you, I don't think I felt like my nose being not stuffed for like the last year or so. I feel like I have just a little bit of stuffy nose where like, if I like breathe in, like get a good whiff of like, you know, get a good whiff. Yeah, yeah, that ASMR breathing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to come any closer because I don't want to ruin your headphones. But um, that whiff, it never feels like it's going as smoothly. And like every here and there, a little bit of like, you know, the mucus comes out. Especially when it's the cold weather, that just makes it worse. But I feel like it hasn't done anything terrible, like dizziness or like I'm losing memory or anything like that. But I do feel like it does make it a little bit hard to sleep when you do have that like stuffyish nose and you're trying to like not notice it. It's just harder to take in all that air and just like relax. So you either have to like just try resting or for me, which is hard, or just be a mouth breather and go to sleep that way. Okay, so let's continue. Quote, this is the first study that links chronic sinus inflammation with a neuro- neurobiological change. Says, mm, that's a mouthful. Otolaryngologist, yeah, auto, otorhinol, otorhinolaryngologist. I can say it in Spanish. Let me say it in Spanish. Otorhinolaryngologo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, let me see if I can find the Otorhinolaryngologist. Otolaryngologist. Otolaryngologist. There you go. Otolaryngologist. Otolaryngologist. Yeah. Otorhinolaryngologo. 
the rhino part goes first in, in Spanish compared to Latin. Autolaryngologist. Auto yeah, autolaryngologist. Yes. Arya Jafari. <laughs> Jafari. From the University of Washington. That's Jafar. Sure. <laughs> That's Jafar. Uh, we know from previous studies that patients who have uh, patients who have uh, sinuses, sinuses. sinuses often decide to seek medical care not because they have a runny nose and sinus pr pressure but because the disease is affecting how they interact with the world so in other words they don't it's not that it's a life-threatening situation it's just that it's affecting it's affected them so much that they can't have a normal day anymore a normal life they can't be productive. Thinking is difficult. Sleep is lousy. It it br um, it broadly impacts their quality of life. Now we have a perspective mechanism for what we observe clinically. The researchers tapped into data from the human con uh connectum connectum yeah yeah connectum project to find 22 subjects living with chronic rhinosinusitis and 22 control subjects with no uh, sinus inflammation data from fmris scans we uh, were then used to compare blood flow and neuron uh, neuron activity. activity in the brain so basically they're they're doing the scientific method prim and proper i i like that is is that a small pool though what? 22 22 people that do have chronic uh, uh, Wait, so 44, a pool of 44 for test subject? Yeah. I mean, I guess, but you don't know so much. So yeah. it's probably easy to control and to, or to monitor than like a thousand patients. Or, or a hundred, yeah. Okay, yes. let's proceed. And those with sinus inflammation, the researchers spotted lower functional connect- Oh, functional connectivity in the front per, uh, parietal, parietal network used for attention and problem solving. Ooh, those engineers, man, those engineers suffer. And everyone, of course, I'm just kidding. Um, higher functional connectivity in the default mode network, meaning linked to self-reference and mind-wandering. Ooh, so the daydreamers, they also suffer. And lower functional connectivity in the salience network, which manages external stimuli, communication, and social behavior. Ooh, so... Okay, so what I'm understanding here is that it affects them on the way thinking, solve problem solving, how they analyze themselves and daydream, or even um, how they socialize outside in the real world, from how they also can receive pleasures. Somebody smelling good food, they don't receive that stimulus that well. Damn, how they communicate it also hurt. It, it hinders them. So yeah, now this this does deserve a lot of study. Oh, and read more at sciencealert.com. The study is ongoing. So this is just an announcement that they're in the process of doing something. And, you know, they're trying to look out for all those people that, that have this chronic uh, chronic uh, nose blockage. And just a, a normal nose blockage for me is, is a bad day. So living with that, it's a disease, right, technically? I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's a disease. It's more like a condition. Condition. Yeah. But it still, it still merits research. Yes. So my heart goes out to all those people and, you know, hopefully... The scientists are doing their their best to help everyone. That's um, what we got, Jason. Jason, thoughts, thoughts. Um, I don't know how much help I will be. Uh, please do not put your future on me. I am not responsible for that. Nor would I <laughs> would want to be responsible for that. 
So, uh, better luck with all the other actual scientists going into that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, our, you know, how do they say it? Kanbate in Japanese? Oh, you got this? Yeah, you got this, hopefully. We will okay. see. We'll see to be determined. <laughs> but yeah, you know. Now, to number two. Mr. J, if you will. Yes, that's his eye. Um, where do post-humanist fantasies of tech enabled life fit into evolution? Um, so, the great minds of medieval Europe once spent a fair bit of their time struggling to make sense of angels. How could an angel, an an ethereal, ethereal, there we go, uh, being without eyes or ears, recognize Jesus' mother, Mary, among the other women of the life, the life. Galilee. 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 Yeah, that's good. Um, for Thomas... For Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas, the solution was the was in the ability of angel consciousness to pick out the unique signature of a person's thought. Uh, Aquinas didn't consider the small matter of whether an angels might be thickness of human imagination. Angels have something irresistible to say about animal life. If this is disembodied entities like angels were above humans in the ranks of beings, then intelligence didn't need a body. The evolution into a superior state lie in the abundant. Uh, Abandonment of the flesh. Abandonment, damn. Oh, abandonment. Abandonment. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, I don't like abandoning things like that. I don't uh, abandon these... food. <laughs> yes. Or do you? No. No. Sorry, I felt need not to. <laughs> He's like, no, please, not the food. Not my food. So yeah, so I guess I could keep on reading because I want to see the, the meat and potatoes. It looks like they just said like, like a little bit of a analogy or comparison yeah. between how it was back then. So these days, we have our later day... Latter-day? <laughs> Wait, later-day Latter angelology Latter is a thing? Yeah, apparently. Angel. There's some latter-day saints as well. Uh, right? uh, Robotus and Smarvik sees and future of Exes, short for exhumans, existing in a post-biological world. Physical activity, uh, Morvik tells us, will gradually transform itself into a web of increasing, increasingly pure thought. Where every smallest direction represents a meaningful uh, computation. Uh, such flesh deniers are everywhere now. For a futurist like. I'm gonna say yeah. Prisco. Yeah. Okay. Julio. But uh, Julio. Uh, the grand frontier of space will not be colonized by squishy, <laughs> squishy, fail, and short lived flesh and body humans. Why can't why I call this squishy and fail? Um, I am squishy. It'll be an, it will be up to our post-biological mind chi mind children. Uh, our enlightenment, these men claim, lies in the future in the freedom from our animal bodies. I'll be honest, this guy this guy sounds kind of crazy. You know, this is the <laughs> idea for those, yeah. This is uh this Jason, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts. Wow, um I never thought to think of myself as a squishy frail and short-lived flesh and blood. You know, so that's quite an interesting thought of like, I you mean, know, interpreting human existence. Are you down frail. to leave your body? Just, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if it means I can maybe find more answers about this world, that would be interesting. But like, do I actually think this will happen? To be honest with you, science can do a lot of crazy things. So if it does happen, it won't surprise me. But if it doesn't, then it won't life just goes on. Yeah. It's like you going into the matrix and never coming back. Yeah, I would take, I would take the pill to make, to take me Neil to the matrix. Much. <laughs> you already know. You already know. 
So now, similar views now motivate whole research program and commercial enterprises dedicated to the notion that we can somehow exist without being animals. I thought we weren't animals. I thought we were human. Big facts. Uh, the embattled um, 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 Human Brain Project, a multi-billion euro Swiss What's research... Yeah, they got the, the bees over here, not the M. Uh, research uh, institutive alongside HP? Holly wow. Picard, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize they would do that. It was conceived to build a whole simulation of the human brain in a supercomputer. Oh, that's that's why. Um, the ultimate goal should be a model to the... To be uh, should be to model the unique capabilities that distinguish humans from other animals. Around the same time, Russian media mogul uh, Dmitry is cold. It's cold. Right? I mean, it's cough. It's cold. <laughs> what? Nothing. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Uh, founded the 2045 uh, initiative. Yeah, with the aim of life extension for humans in the form of computer avatars. The aim is to create technologies, technologies enabling the transfer of an individual person, individual's personality, to a more advanced non-biological carrier. Not to be outdone, Google's Larry Page launched the uh, Calico Life Extension Project, while its, its head of engineer Ray Corswell, will you're as good as I am. I don't know about that one. <laughs> announced a few years ago that a shot full of nanobots will someday allow the most sub uh, subtle detail details of our knowledge skills and personality to be copied into a file and stored in, in a computer even the physicist stephen hawking stated that it is theoretically possible to copy the brain onto a computer so it pro so provide a form of life after death as a man whose body have forsaken him we can hardly fault him for this um well, I mean, rest in peace, the first, you know, Mr. Hawkins. Yeah. But still, you know, I kind of understand. I mean, like, if, if they can copy it, it's still the same person. It's like the ship, thing. remember? Uh, what was the name of that ship that if you change every single part of the ship, will it still be the same ship? Right. Uh, my personal yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's like, is it? I'd say no. I, I agree. I don't think it would be does, the same. Because if, if, if you speak of it like like it's just random text, like you're trying to copy a whole essay and paste it, then sure, yeah, it's the same thing. But like a per like a living being, it's like... Bad. It wouldn't be the same. That's, yeah. It would be yeah, another version. Like, yeah, it'd be a yeah. copy, but it wouldn't be like if they did that for me, for an example. It wouldn't be me, you know? It would be my brain's already intelligence trying to continue, but that's like another version of me. So, uh, just as you reminder, won't feel alive. There was a, a couple of movies and books about this, but for one, uh, it, w it involved Scarlett Johansson, of course, you know, if you want to watch it. You mean like Ghost in the Shell? Atlas? No, I think, uh, there you go. An anime, even more, even better. Thank no, you. but they didn't, they didn't. Well, yeah. the live was live action, though. No? Yeah. yeah. And then there was, uh, the anime. And then there's another one called Atlas that we follow the story of a man. We don't know where he is, but you know, he's more or less living his, his, his paradise in the lab they feed him a certain amount of food and all those things and we meet Scarlett Johansson and you know it looks like they're in a club you know and all those things right like they're living retirement but they're young turns out that they themselves were copies of real world people and they were the backup organs of those people since this company couldn't just keep the organs in stasis for the for the human to come in if they have an accident and replace it they had to have an entire body running the organs cleanly healthy and all those things the eyes uh the the heart all those things and they couldn't if they just had the organs the 
and no no brain it would just you know crumble and not know how to work so the story of this individual they had to escape and they had to Scarlett Johansson and this main character do escape and the bounty hunters came and they couldn't identify who was the real guy the copy and the real guy to the point that the bounty hunter shoots one of them we don't know if it was the, a copy though I'm not gonna spoil that ending but the, there's a lot more and I, it's a good story it's a science fiction movie I haven't seen um I lie. I have personally. I haven't seen any more of those kinds of science fiction movies, but I, I'm sure a lot of them have come out. You know, what this is all remind me of what? Out of high school. You think so? How? No, but I'll tell you why. Because it's not in the anime. It's in the. It's in the. Manu? The manhwa. In the manhwa, um, Murray Jun, I think, was like, went to another dimension to do something, and it's absent. He went on purpose. No, he went on purpose. Oh. Uh, to find something. Uh, but in his absence, he left behind a copy of himself, who was named Mori, I think, Mori Han? Or Don. Don, there you go. Um, Don Juan. And Mori. as time progressed, Mori Don kind of got confused on who he was, because everybody recognized him as Mori Jim, but he knew he wasn't. He was just another copy. Um, Every single and he, unfortunately, he wasn't as strong as Mori Jim was at the time. Um, so he slowly, like, almost developed his own fighting style, his own power. Um, but then eventually he does die. And Morichin kind of gets the memories of what happened. He was like, oh, so like a shadow clone. Yeah, but it's like deeper. I like Because even even afterwards, he kind of felt pity for the clone, and he even gave him like a grave. There's a spinoff for all the shadow clones. Remember when they were going to train for the big war? What do you mean the boat? Yeah. We're like I think they're they were on drugs or something. Naruto. I don't know. But yeah, that's... they're on something. Because they were on the boat. They were on a boat. But yeah, so let me read the last paragraph. Let's proceed. I like this. Continue, please. Uh, Post-humanists are, are the intellectual heirs, the ancient dualist ideas that it isn't our bodies that make us who we are. And offshot, offshot, excuse me, of humanism, thinks, uh, these thinkers see the human condition as nothing more than a technical issue we've not yet solved. Uh, today's post-humanists are cons- uh, convinced that being human is neither here nor there. So long as personal consciousness is present. Individuals like Itzkoff and Presco say to hell with the body. <laughs> to hell with the body. Uh, we can reboot the personality in immortal form or project it out or project it out to, into space like human thought gone wireless. For them, the animal body is a problem best done away with. Where once humanists were concerned with making sense of how matter becomes thought, now post-humanists Thoughts. are concerned with how thought can escape matter. It's it's an uh, exotic twist on an old tale. Read more at literaryhub or lithub.com. Yeah, get lit. Yes. This person yeah. had to be had to be stoned to think about this. I don't I don't think they have to be stoned. It's just like yeah, it seems like that helps. It helps. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> They're just post-humanists. That's all it is. Yeah. That's their philosophy. But yeah, so my, my opinion is that avatars, though, it incorporates a bunch of different things. I thought things. you said Tarzan. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. It incorporates a bunch of different things. One, the ability to to project your body. No, your soul, your mind. The, the, would you say like a spiritual mind, Alan? Or how would you call it? Digital mind or spiritual mind? I mean, if they're going as far as to say that they want to take their mind and upload it in in some way or another to the interwebs, I'm pretty sure they're trying to digitize themselves. I, like, they literally want to be a Digimon, is what I'm, I'm thinking they, they kind of want to be. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you can see, I guess, 
um, inklings of this when you see the movie The Matrix. Uh, but again, as as fleshed out as those movies were, did you ever think, boy, that that sure is confusing? Like I I did. I mean, I found it wildly entertaining. Likewise. But at the end of the day, you couldn't make heads or tails of it, like in its entirety. There was like plot holes and X Y Z, right? The way I'm looking at this is that the posthumanists have that dual, um, dualist type of uh, way of thinking, where the body and the mind are separate. Where in reality, I don't think that that's that's how it works. I mean, you 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 personally develop your mind, uh, not entirely, but um, but there's some basis off of what your body goes through as a human being, experiences. right? To actually develop the brain capacity that you that you have. Um, yes. at a certain age and like anything else in, in a cycle you know you are born you get to a certain point you grow up and your mental capacity isn't the same you get to a, to that threshold and once you die you die or I mean not to be so blunt or negative about it but that's just human human nature that's you, cool. right and your your body no matter how how intelligent you are just because you don't you're out of uh, what they call a shell I guess <laughs> of the human being or the human um, limit or limitation i think it's really dismissive to to try to think uh that your mind is capable of still processing things if it's uploaded digitally and it'll just live consciously in in a computer i think that at that point you stop you stop being yourself and uh, just to also to elaborate there's uh have you guys heard about the animatrix huh the, the is that like a, a the animation show? of the matrix Yes. You talk about chess tapes, aren't you? No, it actually explains a lot of uh, how the Matrix, the whole universe of the Matrix happened. It incorporates uh, artificial intelligence, it incorporates the building of robots, it incorporates digital currency. And this was in the early 2000s that happened. It incorporates, um, uh, unfortunately, war. It incorporates nuclear fallout and all those things. It's a bunch of different stories, but... I highly recommend it. It'll, if you, like you were saying, the, the Matrix is confusing. It's because we're watching it in the middle. I don't know. I mean, we're seeing it as a, a single story, an arc, if you will, of the entire universe. Wait, the, the movie, The Matrix, the, or Animatrix? The entire movies of The Matrix. All of the movies that we see, that we see the first one reloaded, reloaded again, out of clips, out of ammo. You know, all, all of those movies are the middle or towards the end of the entire universe of The, of the Matrix. The animated segments are also are different parts of within the of within that universe, and also the way before times before people got quote unquote uploaded to the Matrix. I I did not know that, Marcos. I, I highly recommend. They're like it's an entire movie, but it's like like eight or twelve. I don't know, like t- ten minutes cuts of different stories, and there's like a beginning in the middle. There's allegedly even a haunted house in the Matrix, and it's 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 very cool. I recommend. Well, okay, so Marcos, I mean. Given that you've seen it all, I mean, just perhaps just going off of what the article is going, not so much as the storyline of the Matrix or the Animatrix, um, just being as unbiased as we possibly can, um, we, I think, and I don't know what your point of view is, or you guys, Jason, uh, Jay, what your point of view, I, I think, I think it's kind of like BS. <laughs> it's like, it's just catchy, a clickbait. Uh, that's what I'm understanding. Really. Maybe, but I mean, when you have, when you have a philosophy behind it, I think it's a little bit more than just clickbait. I mean, there, there, there are posthumanists. That's their philosophy. It exists. It yeah. exists. So, for them to actually try to like, not 
perhaps convince people, but they're just stating what they think is a possibility, right? Where where you can take a movie, and I think you mentioned it in a, in a prior podcast episode of um, of the Terminator and stuff like that, oh, where where it's like you get to a point where Skynet took over the world and robots were trying to eliminate humans because humans were bad for other human beings to be prosperous because what's the best solution cut off kill the humans right yeah, that's the problem so i mean again i think i think there's a fine line between uh science fiction reality yeah there's a fine line where it's entertaining could it be is. a reality i don't know we, we've never to be determined yeah i mean we've, i don't think we're at the cusp of that situation at, at the moment uh where we do know there there's problems but i, I mean for for posthumanists, I think this is their their wet dream. <laughs> this is their honest. mantra, if you will. Yeah, this is basically their fantasy, their their hope, and 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 one day having the technology, yeah, to actually be uploaded. But after that, then what? What do they actually accomplish? It's an entire chartered world. Right. I think they're just really focused on that goal of actually getting uploaded. But after that, what do they have? It's like being in that. I don't know if you've seen that analogy before, where you like imagine you're the last person on earth, and you have. Uh, like the biggest library in the world and and, and you being like an ad reader yeah and then you're like happy that you're reading and you have glasses and unfortunately your glasses fall on the floor and they break now you're finally in in solitude with all the books in the world but you're not able to read it like i think that beyond the precipice of like you actually getting what you want do you really know what what you can do with it yeah with it like once you have I mean, it i mean that's everything like when we created when people when people well i don't think so powder. Per, perhaps i think we are precisely that that's what it is though marcos i think when you set a goal you know exactly what you want to do after the goal like say if you were to say i want to bench press 300 pounds oh yeah you know what you want like i what, know what i wanted it for I told right you guys right exactly that's what i'm saying but i did it for my mom and that's cut and dry that what i'm saying that's cut and dry you understand where the goal is coming from it's and coming, i read not kind of by 50 pounds but it's 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 you progressing to that point and then at that point you know what you're gonna do with it whereas like you uploading yourself to what does that really garnish or garner how about how about with anime uh luffy wants to be the pirate king what does that in, what, what after that what well he wants to be the pirate because his his um premise is that he wants to be free his well, definition of free is what a lot of people perhaps don't understand the actual meaning of freedom where he's free to do whatever he wants and he's not with, doing it now. with with whomever he wants at whatever time he wants. What what happened to Mr. Rogers when that when he became a pirate? King? Well, that's to be determined. Because ah, <laughs> that's still yes, yes, that's yes. still that's still um I guess there's there's been um uh tidbits here and there and uh, just foretelling of what or foreshadowing of what that happened. So the story hasn't been developed quite yet. But in all reality, like whatever the one piece is, because that's I guess the major plot point in the story. Um, you're gonna find out with. Uh, the rest of the people that are reading the manga or watching the anime, so I, I think that's that's a little different. But goal-wise, I see where you're coming from with that question. <laughs> but goal-wise, yeah, I know what you, I, I see what you're saying. I like for me, my personal experience mm. with the bench pressing, it was for me. Uh, my mom, you know, suffers of, of being heavy set, right? Well, doesn't suffer, you know, her situation. And you know, we live on the, in a building on the fourth floor, and I know my mom would hurt uh, her knees, would hurt, and all those things, and. Uh, we even be, like we were saying the elevator breaks, and we have to go down for a fight and all those things. I'll carry you, and she's like, "Sure, you will." Challenge accepted. That's what I said in my head. So uh, I first, just as a reference, asked her how much she weighed, um, or myself, because we weigh more, we weighed more or less the same. I, I mean, after COVID, 
up from way less and I, I gained that weight back but still um i i internally said i want to be able to easily carry you and then be able to go down the stairs and get out in an emergency it didn't happen but still i was preparing for this situation i even got into discussions with my dad my dad's like why are you overtraining so much uh, first i had to make sure that i had the cardio and right at how much i would dog i would consider jogging my doctor would say that's running i was like no that's jogging for me you would witness that right Jose? as a as my witness yeah like my first goal was to improve my cardio to the point that i can run a mile in five minutes or less and i managed to do seven minutes before my surgery i, I managed to do seven minutes a mile and i would run that for five miles or for 11 miles and uh that was my goal I was like okay that'll do and for bench pressing my i Literally one time, I almost killed myself bench pressing, and that's more than enough to not want to do it again. Salutations, Marcos here. This is a message to all the listeners out there. There are links in the show notes for our Twitter, email, and even show notes. Any questions or ideas for the podcast can be sent via these links. Now, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. I almost killed myself bench pressing. I was doing 180 pounds and uh, I was tired. I had maxed out, but I had no one spotting me. That was my fault. And uh, I missed the left. Good Lord, sir. You were trying to kill yourself. I, 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 missed, I missed the left one, the thing where you hook it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn it, the right one sucked, but not the left one. And I was like, I can move Did on. you have the stoppers on the plates? No. Uh, so they slid off? No, I did have stoppers. I okay, did have the okay. stoppers, but I'm like, I'm tired. I'm pushing myself. Come on, come on. And I reached it. I did Oh, it. dude. I was like, oh, damn. I, I was like, oh. Did anyone, like, come to? No, no. I mean, there was somebody on the bicycles. Are you okay? That became like, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was just working out the left more than the right yeah, today. Yeah, I was like, I saw that you, <laughs> you maxed out, and then you, you hooked up the, you didn't hook the left one right course the left one is my blind side right 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 so yeah i did that so i i kind of yeah but I, I guess marco's more more to the point like point being that your goal was set you knew what you were going to do with that set and that, goal that's after. what my dad would say what would you do after that i would trickle down i would calm down because i my weight back in those days was 230 pounds i was like i have to i have to at least bench for 230 and then beyond made it to 250 and i was like okay i'm i'm just in case i'm ready and then and then my surgery happened and i was like okay I had to lose those 230 pounds. I made it to 205. Right. And then you weren't able to put pressure on your body. Like yeah, that for a anymore. year. For uh, the last day, I even, I even, I don't know why they were. I don't know how the nurses and all those people, they're, I want to say intuitive. Or, I don't know, uh, but they were saying everything okay. You look, you look fit. And I told them my objective, and like okay. And I even said the day before that, uh, I had my surgery on the 16th of 2019 on June. My birthday was on the 8th. I my last run was on the 15th, which was mm. a Thursday. I think what. I don't remember, but I think it was Thursday or Wednesday. My surgery was the next day. I was like, okay, I have to, br- I have to break my limit in, in, in jogging, which I still call it jogging. You, yeah, you had to go plus ultra, and you did it. And uh, once you reached that pinnacle, you have, you, like, obviously, is, because of a, a situation that you had to go medically speaking, you weren't able to pursue the rest of the goal, I guess the 50 pounds, the 50 right? 50 extra pounds, yeah. Right, but I mean, again, I think, you know, coming back to, to the point of the actual reality, article. Yeah. Well, just the point of the article. Yeah you knew what your goal was and what that what that entailed and what you were going to use that once you got there right yeah where over here the the post-humanist i i think they're just fixated about what it would be like to but not really knowing like again i think it's it really boils down to them thinking that there is something beyond 
Are they like chasing the dragon, if you will? I think we can we can safely assume that. That's Maybe high, even though they'll never reach it right now. Maybe. Well, they they're all they're going off the premise that they they might as well be, or they'll they'll get to that. Maybe not in their lifetime, but they'll they may have some other way. Like they might want to get cryoed, you know, frozen to try to like wait it out or something. Walt, they, right? like yeah, Mr. I think Walt, to to a certain degree, maybe it's just a fear of death. Like true, true. I mean, I I that might be a possibility. At least for me, the way I'm looking at it, that might be one of the issues. Maybe they're just scared to death. They don't want to go through it. I mean, hey, everybody has a fear, right? And a lot of people might fear death. I mean, I think the questions might erupt where, do you know where your soul is going? Others might say no. Others might say yes. So it, what is life after death? You know, we're, we don't know. Yeah. No one knows, right? I mean, if you subscribe to a certain type of religion, you might know what, you're, what you subscribe to tells you or lets you know the insight. And uh, again, that's for you in your faith-based, you know, uh, system to believe in. And I mean, we're no one to tell you otherwise, but I, I think for them, this is their faith-based system. Yeah. Ultimately, this is what they believe. They strongly believe it. And um, they they truly don't understand perhaps certain things and they're just making guesses yeah, at this point. Go. Yeah. Like a lot of people are, you know. You'll Everyone learn. in this life doesn't know everything. So. I mean, you don't, you're born not knowing anything. I mean, you have to learn. For me, I find that sometimes scary. It's and refreshing. Fun. Like for example, uh, there was one time I was sitting in my living room just eating, and I thought in my head, because uh, I like to listen to podcasts, and I was like, there are actual monsters out there, not like besides people monsters, but actual oh, okay. giant whales. I would, I would consider that a monster because he could jump, just squish me. And I'm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would consider that a monster. I mean, if you'd been, you know, out at uh, what's it called? At sea. At sea, maybe, and you're swimming, you know, all by your uh, lonesome. You hear in the distance. <laughs> da, 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 da. Sharks, sharks are monsters. <laughs> Bears yeah. are monsters. I mean, uh, now nowadays, COVID is a monster. An invisible. Uh, no, it's well, microscopic. Microscopic. Yeah, viral. <laughs> it could be in here next to us. Man, it could be inside of you when you're carrying Wait, what? it. Wait, <laughs> Yeah. But Sorry, I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's my point of view. I don't know, Jason, Josue, what do you guys think? Jason? Okay, I guess I'll say my piece. Um, if let's say they're we're for some reason able to do it right now and we're able to put my brain digitally onto a computer but i would still be alive right i'm not gonna feel that i'm not gonna like be in the computer i'm still gonna be me alive it's not like my brain just is like my soul or something just randomly gets transferred with my information onto the computer so for these people to think that they're gonna continue to live on if they do that I guess it's like almost the same thing as like someone buying a tombstone. You usually buy it because it's like, oh, it's to remember that even though this person died, that they were once alive, you know, they might be using that similar like thought process into this, you know, where it's like, oh, I know that I'm not going to personally feel alive, but the thought knowing that I still continue in the minds of others, like being in there, I assume is why they're pursuing this venture, you know? Yeah, that's a because, good analogy with the tombstone. Totally agree. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not going to feel that a lot, but I don't know. For me personally, if they told me they could do that, I already think there's more than enough of me out in this world. So I would definitely tell them to no. I, I think that one is more than enough for this world of me. Okay. Even I think I'm too much. So I would say like, please do not do that. You know, maybe if get a tombstone instead, because then 
You know he's already resting in peace. Yeah, you, yeah. you would already know, and you yourself would know that, hey, this person lived. Not yeah, long, plus... maybe, or maybe, yeah, I mean, but he lived his life, or her life, you know? How about this? In a sense, us recording ourselves, we're immortalizing ourselves for someone else to listen in the future. Yeah, but that's a point in time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, you, like every day you learn something new, you adapt, you grow, and you might, the what you thought maybe five years ago wasn't the same thing yet. You thought now. I wasn't the same person two exactly. years ago. Or, but it gets, to, yeah. it gets to a point where, you know, you get to the point where maybe you don't know everything, but you're satisfied with who you are at what point you got there and how you got there, you know? Like our destiny? Mm, yeah. It's not the destination, but you know, the friends made in the way. They probably lost. Uh, I think it's, I think that's a lair, but it, it's not exactly the, yeah, it's not the main point, right? But Josue, what do you think, bro? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like this, like, like, uh, like Marcos knows, like, is how, how possible is this? And I'm thinking, having the thoughts, I'm like, what, what exactly? Thought you're left and the thoughts you're right. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's like, what, what exactly the copying is like, you know, they say our personalities are, oh, you're going to emotions. No, yeah, but I'm like thinking, but where is that? What are you copying that from? It's like, they're like, your brain. I'm like, okay, how? Like, because like back to what Alice says, like, you don't exactly have like a preset thing. You kind of develop it over time. Um, you have to understand. Right, even like, language. Thing, yeah. Just as in And like one key thing is like, it's like, okay, well, well, we'll just copy the memories. Okay, great. Memories aren't exactly stored in your brain. They're, they're just, just chemicals in there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more like things that help you remember but they're not like oh yeah let me just go back to to file april of, of 17th <laughs> on this uh, gig, 2002 on, on this gig memory stick in my brain right <laughs> yeah um even even here in the little article i found they said that, like even they said that, like it's not stored in like one place it's more like it's a combination of, of, of a few things they have your explicit memory um, implicit memory and working memory um okay. so basically explicit is like things that's happened to you implicit is more like motor mo muscle memory right like um, motor skills like and then working memory is just like your short-term memory so but like even then they're like it's, it's not like a place you can like quantify just be like, okay i'm just gonna copy this and here you go right it's like i'll so, close my eyes and like uh open I my know, mouth and I the, the picture from my mind is gonna print out my mouth you know yeah. <laughs> like for example that's why, that's why you know it's like you don't exactly remember every little detail you probably remember right. um Highlights. like traumatic things and good things you know, like me and Marcos here, we'd be like, yo, so remember that first bite we had of Rooster's Market sandwiches? Well, talking about Overlord. Exactly. You remember, because you remember the taste of the, the sandwich. The time. The beautiful, you beautiful introduced me to Overlord. Oh, exactly. Sitting there <laughs> before the fire nation attack. And you know now, what, guys? This is a good, uh, kind of like a segue. Um, hopefully, next uh, podcast recording, we'll have an uh, actual scientist that works with synapses and like with that the brain with the brain uh my good friend kenichi hopefully will be on the podcast next week and he's a scientist that works on synapses and the way the chemical electrical uh you know points uh go from one neuron to another he's gonna hopefully explain a little bit of that in layman's terms for us maybe we'll get some sort of insight about that <laughs> i got i just thought about questions like you're saying yeah ones and zeros that's our a binary code for for computers right it's either a one or a zero and then allegedly there's the quantum computing, which is a one zero, four time, right? One zero and all the different permutations of that. And then there's uh, us, which are 
different degrees of chemicals, electrical voltage, or whatever our brain uses for processing the things it, it does. I'd, I'd like to ask. Like, uh, I'd, on, I'd like to right, like brain, if you will. on a chemical level, I guess you can say we're a mishmash of chemicals and and, and electricity. Right, but uh, but there's so much more behind that. Yeah, and I, I, I want to find out how a computer can detect store, it, store that data, and make what makes you, me, Mr. J. Or, or just I mean, but I mean, that's what I was trying to get to. I don't think you can. Yeah, I, I think can. it's too nuanced. Yeah, I think it's just too nuanced. Like you get maybe, perhaps like a maybe, maybe, just maybe a little bit of a blueprint, but you don't get all the facts and figures. Like it's just too, it's too complex. Like Imagine no computer they, they is. Do, they find it. Oh, it's super easy. It's no, no. It's it's, it's like a rooster market sandwich here. I, it's I agree. got so many layers that you just can't understand. You just understand that it's extremely There's a complexity delicious. and nuance to the flavor. Your not, palate not isn't developed. Are made equally. And your exactly. palate's not developed enough, right? <laughs> I like the... Like, uh, like a, hey, I like, like your a pity like Jason here because he'll, he probably will never experience it unless he comes over. I think that should be something... Sister. Yeah, no, I think that's something we should, we should definitely uh, push for. for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Him coming through. Uh, us treating him to a nice uh, rooster's uh, deli sandwich. And, uh, and, uh, and a chick, uh, uh, chocolate a chick. cake. A chocolate cake. I agree. <laughs> a chocolate cake. I mean, hey, I'm not against it, so... A pickle. Oh, can't forget the pickle. A pickle son. <laughs> I was looking at Senpai. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. All right, so no, that that's good input, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Do you want to... Do you, do you guys want to keep uh, going at it at, at this... Uh, so, uh, Shall we pick each other's brains? Maybe? Yeah, or do you want to go to the next one? I'm ready to roll on. Yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'll hit you guys with my two. Um, I'm gonna have to add these to the show notes. Uh, I'll put them in later. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, my first one is called. It's titled "15 Vegetarian Dinners You Can Make in an Instapot," and this is by Megan Slon. Uh, this is from uh, Kitchen.com, and the reason I was looking at this article was because, uh summer or spring is here summer is around the corner and even though it doesn't feel like spring because it's pretty chilly still um something that was on my mind was you know working out getting a better diet um established in my life to to probably um be basically cut you know and get myself into better better shape and uh taking or taking away certain types of meals like fast food and stuff like that out of my diet and actually supplementing it with maybe a vegetarian meal or two um uh, might be something well, obviously, it is something healthier, and uh, that's why I picked up or picked this article this week to read to you guys or read from. And I'll just read the introduction real quick, and then from there we can definitely, um, you know, uh, talk to each other about it maybe for for a minute or two. So it it goes like this on on um, the article. It says the Instant Pot is awesome at cooking some of your favorite vegetarian staples, from perfectly cooked dried beans to tender, well seasoned spaghetti squash and smooth and creamy hummus. And as we, we've learned, it has the potential to make meal prep sessions a little easier and even save time in the kitchen. But this helpful appliance is hardly just for stocking up on wholesome staples. It's also what we turn it into, turn to when we want to go, uh, get easy meat-free meals on the table. It's the, time to take, it's the time to take advantage of your instant pot's ability to fill your meal plan with veggie-packed pastas, creamy soups, loaded potatoes, and more. Here are 15 Instant Pot vegetarian recipes that are easy and satisfying. So, I, I want to preface this real quick before we start, just by saying that personally, I'm not a big vegetarian person or vegan type of person. Um, I, I do like protein, meat protein uh, on my plate uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe not so much breakfast, but definitely lunch and dinner. And um, 
but I will try the meatless Mondays maybe uh, maybe twice a month or so uh, and just just to let you guys know like um, I'm very much into like trying to eat I guess steak salmon chicken uh, throughout the week because I enjoy that type of food you know uh, not that I'm always I'm, I'm only about uh, you know arroz con pollo or anything like that but or rice and chicken for for my non-spanish speaking uh people but um it's something that i that i do quite enjoy and um i, I don't know what you guys what your you know points of view are or thoughts about uh vegetarian meals or in this case using an uh instant pot to just hook up a nice you know uh do it all type of meal or vegetarian meal in this case maybe you want to do sweet potatoes with like collard greens or spinach or um kale or something like that with garbanzo beans and uh, other veggies tomatoes and stuff like that to try to make like a nice uh stew of some sort without the meat but still very hearty uh to try to you know get yourself into better shape and maybe eat a healthier meal at, at the same time so what do you guys think you want to go first marcos i offer myself as tribute <laughs> okay recently uh i try but i fail sometimes cook so we've divided the eating and all those things uh activities of, of the house but uh, for me uh, recently my mom tried a mushroom sauce a, a homemade mushroom sauce i don't i think she found it online and she copied it with some some yellow rice homemade and uh some some chicken so she tried to go in with some veggie he- uh, um a plant fun what is a champignon is what's the name of the mushrooms one? mushrooms yeah she tried to make the mushroom the main the sauce it was a sauce the main part of the dish even though we had chicken she tried to uh, cover the chicken and have sauce on the chicken and accompany the rice and i'm like damn this is an unintentional detail but the sauce was the main the main this part. gave life to actual plate you it was a, like a nice uh, flavor profile that tied everything together right out of everything right that was the one that i said if you can make this more often I wonder, that's the only proof i'm not a mushroom kind of guy right and, and i think she used button mushrooms right because yeah. uh, again not to try to make this you know uh long-winded or whatever but I, you can definitely make a sauce out of uh button mushrooms portobello mushrooms shiitake mushrooms and you know you can definitely look into other mushrooms Except uh, poisonous ones. please don't eat those please i mean because there are some around here yeah there's there's fungus that are <laughs> that could kill you yeah definitely yeah yeah like for me the one of this week that stood out a lot was this mushroom sauce with okay chicken. i recommend good. chicken and rice mm. okay very good sir Can sounds go tasty yeah very yeah, yeah. Tasty. well so what about you jason or, or Josue? what do you guys think if it tastes like meat then i don't really mind because <laughs> other than Yo. these unless other than if you were cooking it, which I cook a little bit here and there, uh, but not like a professional or anything like that. But when I do cook something, I do get the joy and satisfaction of knowing that I cooked it myself and made it what it is. I guess in that scenario, if I'm cooking actual meat, I'll probably get more satisfaction than cooking like a meatless burger or something like that. But usually you're just eating for the flavor, correct? So with that, like if it tastes exactly how you want it to be, and it's not going to kill you like the other thing would or wouldn't, um, then why not, you know, just accept the right. change. I mean, if it can also do better for our atmosphere, because, you know, I have seen how, like, they say, uh, cow, like, farms, like, slaughterhouses, they can, like, produce, like, a lot of methane gas that is very detrimental to our environment. I personally am not quite sure how, like, 
true that is or what percentage of the damage that does to our environment i'm sure it does but if they see this as an alternative that could I mean, also i think we're, we're the illusion if we're eating the actual meat you know <laughs> yeah but they're gonna still produce more cows obviously it's not like the the buffalo like we did over here in america where we killed them all and then we dried you know, steaks <laughs> Yeah, no, we're gonna produce more and more of them, obviously, so that leads to more and more methane. So, if they see this as a viable solution for that, then you know, why not? It tastes the same, so I'm looking for that flavor, and if it hits all the right taste buds, I wouldn't mind. Interesting. Oof. No, I think that's a good, that's a good point. What about you, Jay? So, I'm actually the opposite. I feel like for any vegetarian or vegan dish, if you're trying to imitate meat, then not. <laughs> if you aren't, <laughs> the voice of reason has spoken. Yes, I agree. With I agree with you too. <laughs> but if you are, like, if, you're, if you're if you're truly trying to make a vegan vegetarian, like make it you know vegan. Like I'm not I'm not expecting veg. I'm expecting like, so meat. What, what the like, marketing let, there? Let, let my eggplant taste like a steak. I dare you. Or the burger, the Beyond Meat burger. <laughs> Beyond I, Meat. I mean, I, I feel like it's like, too it's chef. Much. It's like it's like for me. It's like if you make something, you know, with onions, it's always great. Absolutely. You're an onion man. Yeah, steak and onions. That's the type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, yeah, like, like I remember like like first like like portobello mushroom. Like I wouldn't want that as a burger. Well if you season it right, I'll eat it. Mmm. Very good. I see something like that. So so you like <laughs> I'm um yeah, I remember my mom's like, like, oh you can just have this. I'm like, alright, <laughs> I guess. Cause I actually do I actually really like mushrooms. And I you're love... not very picky either, Host Swift. I want to check I mean, only, that only until it comes to seafood. Then, yeah, oh, that, is that, is that when you're that. picky, guys? Yeah, that's when I'm picky. Okay. I'm scared. You're but scared I of wanna, seafood? I want to try, uh, again, lobster. Oh, okay, I see. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it, it, it's not that it scares me, but I want to, I'm, I'm having the chance. Okay, so you, you're curious more than anything else. Yeah. Nah, but I'll with a, like to, a tinge of fear. I'll just stick to my salmon. Salmon is great. I love salmon, bro. You're right next to the grizzly bear, right? Are you guys like shrimp cocktail top guys? Yeah, they, they come I, I, right, I right. actually don't like it because I feel like shrimp doesn't have that much flavor. Oh, well, obviously not. Yeah, you have to actually add something to it to make it flavorful. <laughs> not like like a like a salmon thing. Like a salmon, yeah, but that's because salmon is fatty, bro. Yes, yeah, it, it has, has flavor. fat is flavor. Remember that, guys. Yeah. Fat is flavor. Jason, I'm curious to know, are, are you a pick eater at all? Um, if you want me to be straight up, I don't know how much resentment I'll probably get from you now, but uh, I do <laughs> no, not enjoy no seafood. I don't enjoy seafood whatsoever. Not a problem, dude. Are you more of a meat and potatoes type of guy? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Though I am like, it's not like I'm a picky eater to the extent where I have seen like people that I know that uh only will eat the things they already know or have eaten. Right. I guess so as chicken a child. Nuggets, right? <laughs> yeah, literally that. <laughs> and they will literally won't dare try anything else for the Lord. fear that they might not like it, which they might not know if they will. Right, so right, that right. for that, for me, even though I do have my dislikes. It doesn't mean I'm not willing to try something. I mean, like I still At continue to once, try. Right? I still continue to try different types of seafood. Just like I'm like, oh, maybe I just haven't had the right person to cook it or the right, right type to eat. So I'm always willing to try it. So yeah, far, it's still a no go. Like sushi, salmon. You know? I mean, I think I've only had salmon raw. So maybe I gotta have salmon that smoked salmon. Oh, okay, okay, like lox and bagels. Well, yeah, thing. that's what I was gonna say. What about right. some cream cheese, salmon? Yeah, like even like shrimp and stuff like that. Oh, tuna. I'd, I'm not a fan of the flavor. I don't know. I'd stick to my chicken. I'd stick to my steak. You know, so you're pork like sometimes. an avocado roll, cucumber roll, if we're, we're talking about Oh, he right? brought up the avocado. Or, um, or, the or is that something that's oh, no yeah. for you? Oh, yeah. 
That is uh, avocado is actually not an is another thing that I do not enjoy. Is that an <laughs> allergic thing it or no? It's like I thing? I it's more of a I think avocado tastes like grass because I've tried grass oh. before kind of thing. Have you but... had a bu uh, buckwheat grass? No, the other one that they serve in the drink. Lemongrass. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no, that's called uh, alfalfa. Alfalfa. Right. I, I I did not specify which grass. It was on the lawn, and I was a kid, and I was like, was I'm curious. No, no, oh, that was you then. Yeah. But then my question <laughs> to you, Jason, would be: Is that uh, that is by itself avocado? Like, or, or do you think it tastes better, or do you still not like it if it's made into like guac or something like that? I do not like the taste of avocado in general. Like, okay. okay. Uh, so there's no way of so, sneaking, sneaking it into your burger sandwich I mean, or something of that nature. When I, it's one of those things for me where it's like, it's not, it doesn't have a taste where I'm like revolted or like disgusted by, but it just it doesn't have like a pleasant taste where it's like, oh, I want to continue to eat more of this. Okay. If it's okay. on there and I have to eat it, then I'm just right. like, like, I'll eat Alan, it. Alan but when I are just looking at you. So cucumber roll it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, cucumbers are pretty high. Cucumbers are pretty good. As a backstory for Alan over here, I remember one time I, I, when I used to live here in the neighborhood, I walked in and they yes. said, We have nothing to eat, Marco, but guacamole. Yes, please. And I had, <laughs> a, I had a cereal bowl worth of guac, and they're like, Yeah. <laughs> he's good and i'm eating the guac right right i mean for me like i think because i went to culinary school and even before then I, the I, I went i've gone to like yeah i mean i didn't go to cia hey culinary no, it is it is the cia but I, i've gone plenty plenty times to mexico where it's like you, you know people are offering you food that might be the only thing they they ever really have on hand so for me being a picky eater not that it was a choice or not it was just like it's kind of maybe at least for me my understanding it was it would be very insulting to the person if i didn't say thank you and eat what was on my plate you know but um i mean i guess we, we get to a point and please i listeners if you if you're in a first world country not not for you or jason not for you jose marco's not for you sometimes we just have those first world problems <laughs> where and, and this is also another reason why i picked this article i where, said that to my little brother the whole time where where it's like we have the luxury of actually being able to buy such but buy such luxuries uh, of ingredients to make a vegetarian meal and you might say well i don't think vegetarian meal is very difficult making it outside of first world country well that maybe because we don't live there we don't have that type of experience um you eat what you have sometimes <laughs> in other countries that aren't first world but i mean personally i'm not a picky eater and it i'm i'm not gonna go out of my way and be like yeah let me go eat some monkey brain or something like that or you know uh whale sperm you know as part of the the, the ingredient for what? certain <laughs> certain meals and again these are ingredients that are fancy that is something very uh niche and very i guess expensive to some some people in some circles um but like what about uh, fishing oh yeah salmon roe and stuff like that caviar i'm totally down for that uni i don't know if you guys ever tried it taste i, I tried the university once yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least four years oh man so Jason, have you tried the uni all day every day you already know you all doing god's work guys <laughs> <laughs> oh man so like there's there's certain fl flavor profiles that are just so off-putting especially if it's your first time that you might not want to try it ever again or a second time but i'm the type of person that i'll try it once and just say that I actually tried it. And if I do find it to be something that I can say, oh, wow, that tasted, tasted really good. Or I'm not opposed to trying it again, maybe a, a second time or some other time. I, I will definitely order it again or whatever the case is. But that's just me. And, and I'm glad that you guys are honest about your pickiness if you are or your, your certain standards of certain things that you like or dislike or stuff like that. Because that also goes to like the article we were reading before where it's like that makes you who you are. 
Yeah, Marco, go ahead. Question to all the group over here. What's the weirdest food or item that you've eaten? Grass. Grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Grass. Uh, Delicious. Uh, I mean, food. I don't know if it's no. considered. A food, actual food, not just like... Um, like <laughs> so you went outside to the lawn and it's like, hey, there's lots of this. Uh, <laughs> you don't ever get curious? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's why I be in uni. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say uni? uni is my weird thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I think that's probably the weirdest thing. Uni is sea urchin. Sea urchin. Uh, we've all here had uh, crickets, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had uh, crickets, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that literally is on thing. the ground and all those things. The weirdest thing that I've had is a uh, turtle. Turtle's good, though. That turtle egg. The egg, okay. Yeah. What about iguana? Have you tried yeah, grilled up like iguana? Rattlesnake? So uh, I want to try a snake. Oh, snake. I really armadillo try maybe. Scorpion. I haven't had one. It just scares me. You know, what a, it's like a lobster for you, buddy. I, I haven't mean, had a lobster. What so. about um? What about uh, armadillo? <sighs> it smells weird. Or alligator. Skunk. Skunk, right? Frog. All those things. Oh yeah, a little escargot. Chicken leg. I mean frog legs. <laughs> wait, wait. Right. Um. <laughs> what's another one? Maybe you've had like a kangaroo steak. I don't know. No, ostrich I, leg. I, I'm not that rich, you know. <laughs> ostrich egg. Ostrich leg. Oh god, that's huge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bigger than the turkey leg that they give out in Disney. Definitely. Yes. Have you ever tried horse? Yes. Horse meat? Yes. Minced or steaks or? Uh, like in the barbecue Chinese, oh, nice. in a Chinese place. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. That, hey, man. They We're talking about weird food. What's the name of that place? The, this part of the... The hind leg? Yeah, that one. For the horse, it was good. Yeah, so they sure. in a Chinese place? Yeah. It's next to the duck. Next. I haven't had duck. What? Really? Very fat. Very I think good. I've had duck. I haven't had... I've had rabbit. I've had duck on feet. Bless you. It's French, <laughs> not a... <laughs> Le bless you. Le bless you. Oh. And I would respond to Grazie. Mm -hmm. Italian. Italian. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so other... Oh, have you guys ever tried Quecklas? No. What is that? Those are uh, gusanos del mame. What you said? Oh, no. No, entiendo. Really? Oh, guys, I... If you don't want to Google search it... Don't, <laughs> but if you want to be wigged out, please Google search Quecas. How do you spell that? Quecas. <laughs> That's the syllables. There you go. Is it with the Q or the K? Sure, why not? Try to spell it out. <laughs> I got a gift shop. What am I looking at? It's C-U-E-T-L-A-S. What is that? Are those like worms? Yeah. Those are caterpillars. Yeah. What? Those are like maggots almost. I mean maggots. Oh. I mean how maggots, you guys maggots right? Quecas? No. Um, no, actually, I have not surprisingly, no. for whatever reason, strange so, reason. Again, these are all pretty bad type of ingredients that people like. Uh, uh, yeah, like chapulín, like Aztecs would eat this, Olmecs, and so and people of that. People who are curious enough. Pre-Hispanic. Uh, uh, like, uh, no, well, they, the, 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 I'm pretty sure they, the they had a little uh, cooking procedure or preparation procedure. I don't think they were just eating them off the ground. Like sun dry. Sunshine. Yeah, no, they sun dried. Oh. Sun dried, yeah. And then I think people would. Do the same procedure as like uh, chapulines, where they toast them up or whatever the case is, salad, chili limon. Salad, yeah. <laughs> or beans, refried beans. Or oh, ants. Yes, yes, yes. Chocolate covered ants, maybe for you? No, I have no. ants, period. <laughs> is the fire ants, maybe? The they're, they're the new rage, you know, a hot, uh, the hot Cheetos. There was type. one in the, in the street market, they would use blood. blood oh, like blood sausage? sausage? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird for me. Even well, though I've had they, it smells, you yeah, can like smell in, the iron in the air when Yeah, of course. Like it, so they, the no, it's very big in Spain. As it's well, like some smelting over here. No, like in the you know how there's in the street markets, right? They like, yeah. literally have the the sausage, and then you can smell the blood. The blood you you cut yourself right, and you suck suckle on your blood a little bit. You can taste the iron. You sound right? like a vampire, sir. You're scaring me. 
show you my thing, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, I understand what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. as growing up, like, blood's in the air. Why? Yeah, blood sausage. Yeah. I, like, I've tasted it before. It, it's not off-putting to me. But it's not something uh, like I don't go out my way. Like, Yo, hey, let me get feel, one of those blood sausages. It's, like, like, it's like for, for Jason's avocado. It's like I, I would rather go for you know a, a nice yeah like a nice milanesa de pollo or something like that you know. Or exactly. chapulines. Yeah, I would talk with the chapulines any day Wait, with Jason, the blood sausage. I actually had tortas when I went to Honduras, and oh. uh, before that, um, uh, I actually ate it yeah, before in a Mexican restaurant. Actually, tortas, yeah, like the sandwiches. Okay, yeah. Why? What tortas were you talking about? The, uh... Yeah, they could be like cakes. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I'm talking about tortas. I'm not... It's the same thing with like quesadillas. I don't know if you guys know the bread quesadilla. I know. I've or never. There's a br- there's a bread called quesadilla. So when I was over in Honduras, whenever I asked for that, they thought I was talking about the bread. <laughs> or like we're talking was talking about it. But yeah, it's so like cheese inside of it. Yeah, and the it's bread or something like that. Like I don't know, something like that. Yeah, like pan queso. Yeah, that's no, delicious, bro. I got pissed at like Mexico because uh, uh, they promised me empanadas and I was from here. <laughs> you know what empanadas oh. are right here? Yes, sir. Yes, of course. Did they give you a beef patty, my guy? I thought it was a beef patty, but it was a pan de dulce. Yes. I'm, like, oh, like, I'm like, why are you getting like, like, it had like a bruh. peach? You took a bite out of it. It's like, why'd you give me this? Why'd you give me this? <laughs> well, I asked for food, not dessert. Yeah. And um, empanada. Or like, or like, have they ever, have you watched it? Like, order quesadillas and like, corno sin queso. Oh. <laughs> what? You're like, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, queso sin queso. Which one you want? With cheese or without cheese, basically. For what? Just in general. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, it, is it really a quesadilla? That's is so it really dumb. a quesadilla? No, it's not. Then so what oh, you put inside not. of it? Just Chunk meat and stuff? I mean, you mm-hmm. could do, uh, you could do, what's it called, um, squash with, uh, squash. with squash Butter. blossom, squash? or with, uh, chicharron, or with beans. Mm. How do you call that chicharron in English? Pork rinds. Sausage? Uh, pork rinds. Pork rinds. The Mexican pork rinds. You know, you know what chorizo is. It's a different, different uh, way, it's style. It's hits different. No, it's yeah. a different style of how they prepare and Can and a different it cut. It just it just hits different in a good way. Again, different yeah. cut. That's why it's. Wait, don't don't they, don't some places make chorizo like sweet too? Chorizo sweet? Yeah. No chicharron. We're talking about chicharron. No, I'm just asking. Don't I, I remember someone said they make chorizo like sweet, not spicy like we do. Well, I think the, the sweet Italian sausage, sausage, sausage. It, it, it has a tinge of sweetness, but it's not entirely like sugary. So sometimes they, they'll smoke it like with applewood and Ooh. maybe like they're, the mix, uh, the mix <laughs> might be, like... and the mix might have like incorporate maybe some sort of like apple or something like that to, to give it that sweetness or something like that. That's a video I did with that one. Or also like, like the, mm. the feed for the actual pig was apples. Okay. So it, it, it take on that flavor profile when, when you... I'll put it through the sausage process. That's an idea, Alan. Like, we witnessed you making sausage. Like, Alan sausages. Alan I, sausage. I would have to buy the actual uh, sausage. Uh, the casing, but... It's the... hard. It's yeah, hard to make course. the sausage. You would I have made, to grind made, the, the actual... Tree. Yeah, you would have to grind the meat. You have to source meat first. Then you would have to have machines grind it. The grinder. Imagine you go to the store and... Hello, piggy. <laughs> you would have <laughs> to buy the casing. The... Either... Smack uh, in the back. <laughs> on the cheek, you're mine. Oh, like, this man. is the one. This one's mine. Like, and then feed properly for about 16 months or so. <laughs> bounce bounce a, a dime off of its left cheek. Yep, Good lord. <laughs> and then you have to either buy uh, uh, what's it called? Natural casing or the not natural casing. I went natural. And then you would have to get the actual um, uh, the pipe. Spices. I did by hand. <laughs> the spices to spice it, right? And then you would have to pipe the casing with the actual funnel and stuff like that. Paprika? No paprika in here. Um, I mean, it depends what type of sausage you're going. You're going for sweet or spicy sausage? 
Yes. Curry. How about curry? And then you would have to cure it. So you would have to either smoke it or or let it dry. Uh, yeah, you would have to put it in a temperature-controlled area so it can dry out. Which we don't have. I mean, you can definitely create some sort of contraption for it. Yeah, or you can buy a, a, a actual contraption that does I the smoking aging. The smoking is definitely probably the easiest because you can actually have a, a grill outside and just pick the woods that wood chips that you like. And, you know, apple wood. Maybe you want something different. Maybe you want uh, sandal, not sandalwood. Um, what's it called? The sweet pine tree, though. Pear. Air. Uh, air. No, pear. Pear. Oh, pear. Oh. Or, yeah, you can do a pear. You can do applewood. You can do, um, what's it called? Cherry. Cherry Basically, wood. any sweet fruit cheese, isn't Yeah, any I mean, you can also do a little harder, harder, uh, wood to, like to get. Yeah, I mean, you can try different types of mixes of, uh, um, all this talk about sausage making wood. my mouth water. <laughs> well, it, it is almost summertime, so get ready. Let me just name like before we before we go on to my next one. Let me just read off a couple of these um sponsors. <laughs> no, no, no. Some of the the actual items or or recipes that they're they're making in this article. So yes. one is called Instapot Penne Pasta. The other one is called Instapot Butternut Squash Soup. Uh, another one is baked potatoes in an Instapot. Uh, another one is called Instapot Risotto. Uh, Instapot spaghetti squash, creamy wild mushroom Instapot pasta, Instapot sweet potato soup, Instapot Mexican rice, Instapot mac and cheese, Ethiopian style spinach and lentil soup, um, Instapot big ziti, Instapot tomato soup, and the list goes on. So I'm not gonna go any further. That that's just to get you started on the the idea of what you can actually do that might be vegetarian, might be a healthier option for you if you're looking for that healthy option, if you have that goal of getting yourself into a better better shape or a better diet for for summertime come rolling around, you know, soon. Maybe you want to get into better shape, you want to have a better diet in order for you to get to that goal. I mean, that's an idea. Um, so I'm going to move over. Are you ready, Marcos? Let's do this. All right. <laughs> All right, so let, let me just uh, read off the, the title of this uh, article. So I'm reading from travelandleisure.com, and uh, the title for this article is called The Cheapest Places to Travel for Each Month of the Year. Um, it's written by Sky Sherman, and I think with help by Claire uh, Tragzer and Claire and some other person, I think, or it's the same person. I apologize. Um but yeah, so let me just read the introduction really quick. And again, the title is The Cheapest Places to Travel for Each Month of the Year. It says, For an easy way to spend less and see a lot, hack your travels by the calendar. You can still visit once-in-a-lifetime destinations, but do it at the optimal time, and you'll save loads. If there's a destination on your bucket list that's just out of your budget, you might be able to book that trip for less than you think, depending on the time of year you visit. For example, go to Japan in the winter, not during cherry blossom season, to save a few bucks. Or visit Hawaii during the shoulder season to enjoy warm weather without paying peak prices. By traveling, by traveling strategically, you can save hundreds or even thousands on your dream trip. Kayak, one of the world's leading travel search engines, shared with Travel and Leisure a list of destinations seeing some of the best deals and biggest year-over-year price drops broken down by month so you can plan accordingly. The cost indicates the average prices for both round-trip and one-way flights to these destinations, contrasting this year's fares with those in 2020. So that, that's basically the introduction. Um, I'll read a couple of them, and um, 
you please guys uh, share your thoughts about what you think or if that's something that you might be interested in or you th if you find this information helpful at all so the first one is january january and um it, it mentions colorado um another one uh would be february and they have miami florida as the destination march is cosmel mexico uh you might want to visit and the month that we're in april july November and December. Uh, a good choice that they're mentioning is Cancun, Mexico. Um, I'll leave it at that because um, definitely please go read the, the actual article so you can have a little bit more insight. And I don't want to, you know, name all of them, but um, I think that that that's a good place to stop. And I just wanted to share with you guys this article because I think traveling is going to be a big thing once uh, borders get, are a little bit op more open. Uh, after this whole pandemic thing starts dying down and people, you know, are trying to, you know, scratch that itch for traveling. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's something that people are going to probably be mindful of because I don't think people are trying to spend too much money being that they probably didn't have much money to begin with after they probably either lost their job or uh, were getting paid less for one reason or, or the other. And, uh, you know, the stimulus check just didn't quite, you know, cut it for them. <clears throat> so, um... Me personally, I would definitely like to hit up Miami, Florida, uh, maybe next year, February. But uh, my heart's pretty set on uh, Mexico or Japan, so that that's just me, my personal bias right now. Those are places that I would like to revisit, but if it's somewhere I haven't visited yet that I would like to go, it would probably be somewhere in Europe, whether it be like South of France or somewhere like uh, Italy or maybe even... London and uh, a place that maybe not many people um, know, maybe not that they don't know about, but that I would like to go um, in Europe is Luxembourg. So that that's somewhere I would like to go. Um, Isn't Luxembourg in, in Egypt? No, okay. it's in Europe. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Luxor. <laughs> Luxor? Yes, sir. Luxor. My bad. No, no, you're good, bro. Um, but that's just personally where I would like to go visit, but. Um, I don't know what you guys think, or do you think that prices would are going to be higher, or lower, or would you take this type of advice if you were planning to go in, to go on the trip, uh, some sometime in the future, maybe after school or after college? After school, especially if you. Yeah, or you know, just uh, it's time for vacay. Let's go somewhere. I'll I'll give it to Mr. J and Jason. Let's see whoever wants to go first. I'll go last. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. This is the end of part one of the LTS podcast. Now, uh, we have over here the squad. One is the release schedule for the podcast. Uh, Alan? Tuesday and Thursday. Easter's time to time. Yes. And um, all you listeners from the East Coast to the West Coast, Mountain Time, all those times, please tune in on Thursdays for part two. This is Marcos Lopez signing out. Peace. Bye. Bye.